You are listening to a true gospel perspective from our Macedonia Baptist Church ministerial staff. We pray that this message will be a true blessing to you. Thank God for you. Let us turn our Bibles to Philippians, the second chapter. <laughs> yes, Lord. A very familiar passage of Scripture. We want to read from the second chapter of Philippians from the King James Version verses 5 through 11. We will be lifting our theme from that fifth verse. It reads as follows. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father Our theme scripture, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Our theme, there is power in Christ Jesus. There is power in Christ Jesus. Now, I want you to be prayerful. Many have cited, recited, and claimed this particular verse as their own special verse. But this verse is often misinterpreted. We'll address that in a little while. But when we look at the book of Philippians, written by Paul, it is known as Paul's prison letter, Paul's prison epistle. He wrote this epistle from Rome while facing possible execution. He wrote to thank the believers for their gifts and to strengthen and encourage, yes, encourage them by 
showing them, get this now, showing them that joy comes from Jesus. Yes, yes. It comes from Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. Paul conveys that his joy is grounded in his relationship. Yes, Lord. His relationship with Christ. In fact, this epistle is known as Paul's joy letter. Yes, yes, yes. You see, joy is the dominant theme of this particular epistle. The terms rejoicing or joy appears about 16 times in this particular book. Yes, yes, yes. And it denotes this positive message and it is culminated, yes, and exalted in chapter 4 and verse 4 from the King James Version. Listen to what it says. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, he repeats it, again I say, Rejoice. Yes, yes, yes. So we see then that the, the blueprint of this book denotes joy and suffering. Joy and serving in that second chapter. Joy in believing and joy in giving. And we are denoting joy in serving in this second chapter. Yes. Paul gives a good example. Yes. In Philippians of what joy is and how to obtain it. Yes, yes. I know we strive to be happy. Watch out, Reverend Register. We strive to be happy, but he, he explains how joy is attainable. And if anyone today wants to know how to obtain joy and peace, yes, please, please hear this message. There is power in Christ Jesus. I, I want to just for a minute address the contrast between joy and happiness. Now, you can agree with me. Everyone wants to be happy. Oh, we do that. We look for it all day long. Yeah, yeah. My wife makes me happy. Being in the company of the saints make me happy. Yeah, yeah. But watch this now. Yes, yes. Everyone wants to be happy and they are chasing this elusive, this elusive idea that is a lifelong pursuit of just about everybody. Listen, money, collecting things, the endless search for joyous experiences. Now, since happiness depends on circumstances, get me now, depends on circumstances and what happens when the money runs out or is stolen? Yes, yes, yes. What happens when your health deteriorates? Hmm? 
What happens when, Lord Jesus, when loved ones die? Often, happiness flees. And despair sets in. Despair. So, watch this now. Listen, listen. So, 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 we need to look at this happiness. And I ask this question to you. And I appeal to you. Happiness. And then there is joy. Joy is deeper and much stronger. Watch out, Reverend Reggie. Much stronger uh, uh, than happiness. Yes, 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 yes. Joy is the quiet, confident assurance of God's love. Yes, yes. And work in our lives. Especially if you're born again Christian, right? you know. I have trouble. I, I struggle with this idea of us being overwhelmed and, and staying at home and being a, afraid of this coronavirus. I had the coronavirus, and it's no joke. I've lost family members to the coronavirus, and it's no joke. But watch out, Reverend Reggie. I like to say something a little different. But coronavirus don't dictate to me my joy. Yes, yes. It shouldn't dictate to you your joy. Yes, yes, yes. You see, watch this now. Yes, yes. God's love and work in our lives matters that he will be there no matter what. No matter what the condition. So, you see, happiness depends on happenings. The things that occur, the circumstances that you find yourself in. But joy depends on Christ Jesus. Happiness, yeah, yeah, in Christ Jesus. You see, those happenings is a circumstance or situation. But joy is a state of being, yes. It's an attitude. Watch this, of contentment. Yes! Oh, yeah, yeah. Come on, Reverend Register. I, our theme declares an infallible truth that is always in the present indicative active state, stating current facts. There is joy in suffering. There is joy in serving. Yes, Lord. There is joy in believing and there is joy in giving. There is, in fact, I want to echo our theme. There is power in Christ Jesus. But it requires the right attitude. That's where I'm at right now. That's what I was talking about, the misinterpretation of this particular text. Careful. You must have 
the attitude of Jesus Christ. And the only way you can have the attitude of Jesus Christ, you must be endowed with power from Christ Jesus. Now, 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 we look at the scriptures and we newly interpret the scriptures from our personal perspective rather than from Holy Ghost inspired perspective. Listen, listen, listen. Uh, when, you, when you look at this text, people talk this and they have taken this all out of context. They use this, I want to be Christ-like. This Christ-like concept. Now, listen to me carefully now. Lord knows Christ is my Savior. But I can't be like Christ. Christ, yes, is the perfect man. Christ is God in the flesh. And I can't be God in the flesh. Neither am I a God. I follow the concept which it denotes here. Let this mind is referring to our state of being. Having a particular attitude. And is referring to Jesus Christ's attitude as a servant man upon the earth. Watch out now. But you see, <laughs> I did some research on a particular word here from my study books. And I looked up, you know, the word, the origin word, you know, the etymology of this particular word. Christ-like and likeness or acting like Christ. I can't act like Christ. Yes, yes, yes. Listen, listen what, what it talks about here. It talks about the root word from the Greek, what? Hypocoretic, meaning actor or stage performer. Watch this now. That's where we get the word hypocrite. Hypocrite comes from the word actor. Now the church has been infiltrated by a lot of actors. And the interesting thing about the original context of this particular word, it came about as a result of those performing in theaters and they would wear masks. And the mask would identify the character whom they portray. Watch this. Well, if you're acting, and you're in the church and you're acting, yes, when you go home, you see the real you. That's all. I'm not here to act. The best way to define this particular scripture is to recognize that it's talking about us being a disciple of Christ. A disciple of Christ, a Christian, a title given to us as a result of us being as disciples. We are followers, obeying Christ's teaching. We are learners striving to advance in Christ's teachings and adherer being defenders of the faith. Christians. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, so, wow, I hope I didn't lose any of you. 
in, in dealing with that. I just wanted to point that out. And you can find reference to that in Acts 26 and 28 and 1 Peter 4 and 16. But listen what he's talking about here. The, there is power in Christ Jesus. And what it requires is a relationship with God and God endowing power upon us. Now, please, listen again. There are at least nine Greek words used in the New Testament concerning power. Deutimus, which denotes administrative power. Karatos, denoting vigor, vitality, energy. Karatos. Dominion, iskos, force, eagon, effectiveness. And the one I'm focusing on is akousia, which denotes authority, arche, magistre, and didoma, ability, the second one I'm focusing on. I want us to focus on just these two, these two. Ecusia, you can reference that in the Strong's Concordance, 1849, which, is a, which addresses the quality of Christ's nature. The essence of Jesus' supreme power, his sovereignty and authority, his executive power to commission the apostles, yes, in Matthew 28 and 18 from the King James Version. Listen what it says. And Jesus came and spoke unto them saying, listen, all power, all power. That's that exousia. All power, authority is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Now, Deutimus is 14 and 11. You can look up in Strong's is the ability to act or inherit faculties to execute Jesus' commission. And that's clearly demonstrated in Acts 1 and 8. Listen, in Acts 1 and 8 from the King James Version, but ye shall receive power. You get that? Ye shall receive power. Yes, yes. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and, yes, in all Judea and Samaria and the utmost parts of the earth. So the apostles' administrative power is clearly seen in them carrying out the commission that was charged to them by the ecclesia, the authoritative power of Jesus Christ. So verse 2 and 5, when it says, uh, let this mind, he's talking about our attitude being you. So I will claim forever that I am a follower of Jesus the Christ. Therefore, I come under the title Christian, a disciple of Christ. Yes, yes. So we see then, let this mind be in you, referring to what was previously indicated back up in verses 1 and 4. 1 through 4. It urges the Philippian believers 
by this fourfold incentive. It's encouraging you to act a certain way. And it denotes those ways by talking about love and obey God's teaching and being united as believers. That's what it addresses. Listen, verse 1. Any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from his love, any fellowship of his spirit, are your hearts compassionate? In verse 2, be united as one, love one another, and work together as one. This is, my friend, power in Christ Jesus. So simply put, power is the ability to do something or act in a particular way expressly as a faculty or quality, the capacity or ability to direct, influence, behavior, or a course of action or events in someone's life. So what about you as a Christian? Where do we stand as a Christian? How effective are you? Do you have power in Christ? Well, I'm here to tell you, yes! If you are a child of God, yes, you have power. Yes, yes, yes. So we look at this power in terms of the capacity, and we see the magnitude of one's conviction. John 8, 31 and 32. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, if you continue, watch the discipleship now, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free that's power freedom time power ability to execute God's command in your life yes that's power yes and we we look at the compass of one's belief the compass that simply means the latitude of one's belief what do you believe I'm mighty afraid we live in a world today where wrong is right and right is wrong, especially if you're a Christian, you're being challenged in the church, but we have nothing to fear. Yes, sir. We have the power of God radiating through our lives and our mind if you stay in the word of God. That's capacity. Finally, the perimeter of one's faith. When you look at the perimeter of one's faith, the boundaries. What is the extent of your faith? You don't believe and trust God enough to come to church and worship together and look upon each other's face? Watch out now. I'm going to use Reverend Shoemate. I know he won't get mad with me. When I see Reverend Shoemate, I jump for joy. I'm glad to see my brother in the ministry. That gives me a sense of consolation and peace. And it's well with him because he looked good, strong, and vibrant. Thank you, Jesus. Watch out, Reverend Register. That's all I'm talking about. I'm talking about power in our lives. You see, life possesses many challenges. But like Paul, he refused to let obstacles, yes, obstruct his goals. Yes, he pursued. And this is what he says in Philippians 3, 8 and 9. Yea, doubtless, 
And I caught all things but laws for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. Yes. And he found in him not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ and the righteousness which is of God by faith. Thank you, Jesus. This text reminds us of who we are, who we belong to, and what capacity and ability we have in Christ Jesus. God never promised us that this life's journey would be easy, but Jesus promised to be with us. Oh, I love that scripture in Matthew 11, 28 and 29. Come unto me, all ye that labor. And what? Heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Not cessation from activity, but a contentment of the heart. Yes, watch out, Reverend Register. Listen to what he said. Take my yoke upon you and learn. He said, take my yoke upon you and apply the capacity to learn. And to apply what you learn, which demonstrates your attitude. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Yes. So I'm here to tell you that there's power in Christ Jesus. In this current season, there are many challenges. Man's moral compass is distorted. Preferring wrong for right killing and hatred against the church. There's an all-out attack upon the church. There are those who says it doesn't take all that. But when I pray, when I sit over my meal in a restaurant, I'm simply making a testimonial fact that the meal that I'm sitting down to, God provided, and I'm thankful for the meal. And when I get my check in the mail because I'm retired, I thank God for the check. But I make sure I run to the tide box. I don't put a dime in the bank until I take care of God's business first. And I make sure I give a healthy portion to the benevolence to help those in need. I'm talking about power, brother. Thank you, Jesus. What are we as Christians to do? I tell you, stand on the word of God and tell this dying world, regardless of what may come my way, I'm standing on the promises of God. Watch out, Reverend Register. I'm telling you that there is power in Christ Jesus, my Lord and my Savior. I'm so thankful that I met God a long time ago. 
Have there been some ups in my life? Yes, thank you, Jesus. There have also been some downs. There have been some struggles. There have been loved ones lost. There have been some tears of joy. And there has been some tears of sorrow. But thank you, Jesus. You've been there for me. You kept my spirits high. And I'm looking to you who stand on high. I'm reminded, if you will, of the story concerning the power of overcoming. A little boy's father brought him a punching bag. It was basically a painted balloon. He would hit and punch the bag everywhere and every which way. But nothing he did kept that punching bag from popping right back up. Listen, he could slam it to the ground and boom, it pops right back up. Listen, it came right back up. He could kick it and boom, it came right back up. The only way he could keep the punching bag from coming back up was to destroy it. The reason it would come back up is because at the base, get this now, at the base there was a weight and the weight force was ever eternal pressure. So whenever you pushed a press, it would bring it right back up. That's a biblical perspective about joy. No matter what your circumstance is, bing, bang, back up. No matter what situation you're in, bing, bang, right back up. Your ability to recover is because there is a weightness on the inside. Yes, whatever external pressures you experience, only being in God brings you right back up. This is power, that eternal power. Yes, that's in the Lord. Bless be my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. There is power of overcoming in Christ Jesus. Yes, John, while facing death in jail, he was a little concerned but he didn't waver. He just asked a little legitimate question. And it said unto him, Art thou he that should come? Or do we look for another? Jesus answered, listen at the divine declaration, and said unto him, Go show John these things. What? Which... I do what 
the hearing hear, the blind see and receive sight, the lame walk, the leopards are cleansed, the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up. Oh, glory to the Lamb of God. I tell you, Jesus, over 2,000 years ago, came into this sin-cussed world for you and I. I tell you that Jesus tabernacled upon this earth for 33 long years. He never wavered. He reminded us that I'm here to do the will of my Father. Yes, they took Jesus and marched him from judgment hall to judgment hall. But I tell you, glory to the Lamb of God. They whipped him all night long. But Jesus never said a mumbling word. They took my Savior and marched him up the Golgotha Hill. But he never said a mumbling word. Look at Jesus. Gave his hand to the nail, to the rivet, his feet. They took him after he had died upon that cross. They took him down and buried him in a borrowed tomb. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. He stayed there three days and three nights. But oh, glory to God. On the third day morning, that same Jesus got up from the grave, declared all power. That trust in my We hope you enjoyed this message today. And we pray that it was a true blessing to you. If you are interested in learning more about Pastor Charles D. Twyman and the Macedonia Baptist Church family, you can reach out to us at www.mbcdet.com. Thank you, and God bless you.